Hello everyone, today we're going to be talking about pooping. Um, specifically, we're going to be talking about investing in a company that helps you poop. Um, the company is Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. It's a company that, like I said, sells a pill to help you poop. Um, the pill is called Linzess. It's, as they say on their website, it's for adults with irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or chronic idiopathic constipation. So basically it just helps you poop. And um, how I learned about it, well, uh, I showed you guys before that I use stock spinoff investing.com and I look for spinoffs um, that you know may be depressed right now. Um, I looked at this one a while ago, but just to show you where it was, Cyclarion is what they spun off. Cyclarion was, um, they had a lot of pills that were in research and development that were unrelated, unrelated to digestion solutions. So, that, you know, they were working on things like diabetes and other stuff. They spun that off um, and then they left Ironwood, which already had... Um, a revenue generating pill, uh, Linzess, and Cyclarian had no revenue generating stuff. Um, so interestingly, the spinoff I learned was caused uh, from an activist investor. The, f the firm was Sarissa Capital. Um, it's, uh, it's a fund that's run by Carl Icahn's, one of Carl Icahn's prodigies, Alex Denner. He's worked for Carl Icahn. Um, you can kind of see that in this article and he was he he kind of pushed for the spinoff that's the reason it happened he entered in 2018 as we'll, we'll see later um, so he's easing up it says um, he would support Ironwood's board um, the reason uh, he believes that Ironwood's recently announced plan to spin off most of its R&D which the fund lobbied for is a good step, uh, is a good first step towards creating shareholder value. So that's what he wanted. Um, and when I, when you know, read about Alex Denner, he is very much known for selling um, pharmaceutical companies to you know, big pharma companies, which uh, I think that Ironwood fits. I think it's a, I think he's going to end up selling this very soon. So um, at Sarissa and with Carl Icahn, he's orchestrated sales of a number of biotech investments, including BioVerative uh, to Sanofi, Area to Takeda, uh, 11.6 billion, 5.2 billion. And um, he actually did sell Medicines Co. recently. This, is, this article is as of 2018, which is when he entered. Um, we are now in 2020. All right, we're going into 2021. So just to show you what he looks for, um, and we'll, we'll see if Ironwood fits this at, right after we get his exact quote about what he looks for. Um, what we look for, we basically, our, our process is basically, we, we look at companies and we, and we, we sort of look at, the, we, we, we say, okay, we know the products, the pipeline, the technologies that they have, and then we, uh, we, we, because we, we have a lot of experience in the space, we know the space very well, we can sort of put a cost structure around that. So we can 
So to say, okay, if the company has three drugs in certain therapeutic areas, we know how much it will do, take to sell those drugs. And um, to first order, we don't take, a, take account of what the companies, whether they have, uh, you know, what their cost structure looks like. We just sort of build what it should be in our model, and we DCF that. And we look at that, uh, that DCF compared to the market price. When there's a huge difference, like 2x, we sort of get, we get interested. And then we say, if, if there's a way that we can put leverage on the company, can we, um, can we push the company to, to change their strategy such that it's better run for investors, the, the owners, then we'll get involved. And we typically will take a position and typically seek to join the board. And As you can see, he, he's building a DCF um, based on what he thinks it should really cost to sell whatever medication they have. So Ironwood has this pill in Zess. He's probably looking at it saying if someone bought it or um, if we were to you know do this from complete scratch, what does it really cost to sell um, Linzess? And so it, we should try to create a DCF and see if uh, what he's saying kind of makes sense. So in order to um, create the DCF, we need to... Uh, figure out the life of the patent. So um, according to the 10Q, uh, I believe it says, let's see, it pretty much expires in uh, 2030, but there is one line that, that at first worried me. It says it's expiring in 2026. Um, and then it says additional U.S. patents related to Linzess include multiple patents relating to our commercial room temperature stable formulations of these doses and methods of using these formulations, the latest of which expires in the early 2030s, uh, as well as other patents covering process for making Linzess. Um, and then there's also, you know, they had a press release recently where they made an agreement with Te uh, Teva um, that they can make the generic in, uh, they can make and market the generic uh, form of Linzess in 2029. So, you know, when the generic is made, that's when Ironwood loses their patent and their pricing power. Um, so it looks like they're gonna lose it March 31st, uh, 2029. And, um, so to create that DCF, let me do something, close other tabs. Um, to create that DCF, Ironwood, perfect. Um, so we go up till 2029 and um, really it's only till March, so it's a, a quarter of the year. Um, so that's why you'll see like a huge revenue drop and um, we have one column, just them as a, the standalone, what they are currently, what I expect their cash flows to be. And then if they were bought by a company, what um, I think the, the, uh, a company who buys them, what their cash flow would be. So um, how, did I, how did I find this out? Well, if we go to their 10Q and let's also just do press release so let's just go to the revenue first 
Okay, so you can see that um, their cost of revenue is basically nothing. So the cost to sell this um, for, for Ironwood is nothing because they actually have a partner, Abvi, um, which is a $180 billion pharmaceutical company that um, deals with all of the selling and distribution and takes those expenses on their end. And then they kind of give royalties to Ironwood. So there's no cost to Ironwood for making it. Uh, Abvi is the one who already deals with the cost of making and marketing and uh, distributing and selling it. And the only cost that Ironwood has is R&D costs, um, salaries for all their people, public company costs, um, and interest expenses and things like that. So whatever you know revenue you're seeing here for another company like like let's say abvi is probably one of the more likely ones to acquire them because abvi can take in all this cash really so um what i did was you know for a standalone company since it's pretty much going to get all of that extra revenue um, i took what their guidance was for this year so 380 million um and then i did it by the revenue growth, which I assumed was 6%. They've, they've been doing way higher than 6%. Um, you can see that the Linzess sales increased 10% year over year. Um, that, that this is just for that quarter, obviously, but, um, they, their guidance was, you know, high single digit increase so i think they can keep doing that they have pricing power um it is a relatively new pill so they're always expanding the market and doing increased marketing so i think six percent is safe um i also think not including any years after 2029 is very conservative because even though a generic will come out it doesn't mean they're actually getting no revenue past 2029 um and then to calculate what cash flow um Ironwood gets as, as if it existed just as it does today. Um, basically what I did was you can see they generated 53.6 million um, in cash. So I'm just realizing that's in the third quarter. Let's go to how much cash did they generate? So they generated um, this for the nine months. So this is more important. 117 million. Um, Okay, it's more important about what really came from their uh, net income. Yeah, for them it is because they're they're gonna they're they're gonna if they existed alone they'd probably dilute us. Um, so they would keep probably doing share based compensation for their people uh, accounts for Sue's. So um, probably. Yeah, 60, 63 million is fair for the nine months. So 63, and then um, they stress that 63 million, they stress that the, um, where is it? Oh yeah, they stress in their Q3 press release that they're gonna save 95 million, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, their R&D expense and SG&A is gonna go way down. Um, they anticipate 95 million of savings. So 95 
million. Um, I think that's pretty much all going to cash. 95 plus, I think we said 63. Uh, 95 plus 63 is, um, wait one second. 95 plus 63 is 158. Um, so their cash conversion. 158 over where's the revenue 158 over 267 so they they get around 59% cash conversion so I'll put that there and I'll recorrect this okay so when we do that DCF model, if we assume that they'll just keep getting 59% of the revenue goes to cash, we can see that the current market cap is around 1.9 billion. Um, net present value, I took the, uh, the 10 year rate for the discount rate, probably incredibly low. Um, probably just want to use what company's cost of capital uh, that would acquire it for especially for this part of the DCF. So we'll test that later. But as you can see, you know, uh, this compared to a 10 year treasury, you're going to get 25% if it's standalone or 25%. It's worth 25% more than it is today. And for a company to acquire it, it's worth two times as much, um, which I believe is what Denner said he gets very interested in, and I think this is incredibly conservative. Their revenue growth could be way more than 6%. It could maintain that 10%. Look at that. You're looking at 2.5 times. I think that's what Denner is seeing. He's seeing that this thing is worth way more. If a company like Avi buys it, they're just going to get all of the cash pretty much. So I think it really fits what Denner wants. And I think he is about to buy it because we will see what happens. So, um, Denner has been in it in 2018 and just recently he got appointed to the board. And that is because if you look at Ironwood's press releases, basically he, he likes, he liked that, um, there were, there was some optionality in Ironwood and that they had, um, drugs in the pipeline strictly related to digestion um, and you can see that they discontinued these programs um, they, they've this was their last program and that's where this 95 million in saving comes comes in um, they're going to reduce the workforce by 35 percent um, and what else uh, does he say the CEO in here he says um, we believe we will be well positioned to deliver in this current environment. We aim to continue our efforts to maximize Linzess and to drive future growth and profitability. So they're just focused on Linzess now. And I think now that Denner knows the true value, it's just the DCF of Linzess rather than, um, the value of the other programs, he is ready to get on the board and create a sale. So, um, we can see the date of when they released this. This is September 29th, 2020. And then he joins the board. 
on November 5th, like basically a month later, um, he kept it really brief. I look forward to working with my fellow board members to create value at Ironwood. Um, they appointed another board of director, which is interesting um, because the this director, Jay Shepard, if you look just quickly, he's done things where his companies have been acquired. So hopefully this guy is... Um, helpful in terms of acquisitions and the last most recent update that they've kept on uh they've kept it a little bit more quiet they did not release a press release it's strictly a filing of an 8k the cfo is leaving february 19th 2021 which is an interesting date choice it might mean that um, we can see an acquisition happen before then I'm guessing they did this because maybe she wants to look for other jobs and as a CFO probably looking for other jobs without, you know, a public kind of thing or filing. It might look sketchy like what why does a CFO want to leave a public company? Is something wrong there? Is she doing something wrong? Um but they they specify that um it's not due to any disagreement with the company or any matter relating to that. So I just think that she knows that they're about to be sold and she wants to look for other jobs and wants to show publicly that it's not her um, or, or that the company's bad. It's just, you know, something else. Um, for Denner, this position's incredibly important. It's one of his top four positions. We can see that it's worth um, 126 million in his portfolio. He um, he bought in 2018. Um, we can see a, one filing where you know I, I, the average cost was ten dollars and fifty cents. Uh, today I think it's in the high 11s. Sometimes it gets to 12. Um, my cost basis I want to disclose that I am long this and it's nine dollars and eighty cents. And I think it's super interesting. I think it's a very safe company with, you know, safe patent and uh, they have no more R&D programs. So they're going to have to do something with this excess, excess cash. I think it's way more likely that they sell this thing very soon, um, which gets me excited. And as I showed in the DCF, um, we can go back to it just in case with, you know, a more realistic cost of capital, 5% is probably high, but you can see that um, someone would get 76% at this very you know, conservative number. So um, I think that it's probably worth um, almost double from where it is today. So it's probably worth $20 a share to another company. And uh, I think it's a great investment. So everyone have a great weekend. I am the Sunday stock picker. And I also hope you have a happy new year. And I hope we have a great year in the market. And a much better year than 2020. A much healthier year. Thanks.